Alright, it's November 30th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit Podcast, here to talk about a random comic book. So full disclosure, I was out of town last week with no access to my regular comic collection, so I was randomly picking books from the Marvel and DC comic services that I subscribe to. So today's random pick is The Defenders, number 103. Published January 1982 from Marvel Comics, cover price of 60 cents, 36 pages. We've got a cover by Al Milgram, script by J.M. DeMatteis, pencils by Don Perlin, inks by Joe Sinnott, colors by George Russos, letters by Jim Novak, and edited by Al Milgram. And the title of this issue is The Haunting of Christiansboro. So the defender known as the Gargoyle has spent the past week or so roaming the streets of New York all covered up, kind of like the thing did in the early issues of Fantastic Four, trench coat, fedora, gloves, scarf, etc. As he wanders the, the bad streets one rainy night, he is accosted by a pair of muggers who are frightened away when they reveal the Gargoyle's horrific face. Also, they try to stab him dead. That's what the muggers in the early 80s in New York City tried to do to you. Fleeing the the monster that they find, they are stopped and magically sent off to the police by Clea, who has been tracking the gargoyle with the help of Devil Slayer. When they learn that gargoyle left because he sees himself as nothing more than a monster and a burden, Clea reaffirms to him that he is not only a fellow defender, but he is also a friend. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, Hellcat and Valkyrie search the ruins of Hellcat's destroyed house. As they search through the wreckage, Patsy confides in Valkyrie her current lot in life and wonders if she truly is the daughter of Satan. They come across her old shadow cloak, and as she picks it up, a hand sticks out of it, and it's a young boy pops out of it, running away, screaming for help. They kind of just continue like that just happens all the time (laughs) realizing that the shadow cloak is not an item to deal with lightly hellcat decides she is better off without it and folds it and folds it into itself teleporting it away to parts unknown after that there's they are summoned mystically by clea to return to dr strange's sanctum sanctorum meanwhile in washington dc kyle richmond otherwise known as nighthawk His lawyer and also Matt Murdock are listening to the final decision of the Justice Department regarding his charges of tax evasion and other corporate crimes when he is psychically also contacted by Clea. You know, he's in the middle of this big legal meeting, so he sends her away and soon learns that his company has been cleared of any wrongdoing and only needs to pay back taxes in the amount of $767,000. With his legal troubles over, Kyle, who is in a wheelchair, is wheeled out uh, wheeled out of the office by his nurse, and they run into August Masters, who tells Richmond that he had a hand in clearing up his legal troubles. While at Dr. Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, the other defenders listen to the troubles of the gargoyle. He explained that his family founded the town of Christiansboro years ago, and it became a thriving community until recently. Loving his town so much that he would do anything to save it, the gargoyle, whose real name is Isaac Christians, 
delved into the occult and made a deal with the six-fingered hand, leading to his transformation into the gargoyle, something that was supposed to be temporary while he did their bidding. However, naturally, he betrayed the six-finger hand to the defenders and has since been trapped in his gargoyle form as punishment. Ever since then, he's worried about the fate of Christiansboro. Listening to their friend tell his story, Valkyrie suggests that they travel to Christiansboro and investigate what's going on there and see what they can do. Everyone agrees, and they teleport away in Devil Slayer's shadow cloak. Right after they leave, there's a knock at the door. Wong, Doctor Strange's manservant, answers it to find Hank McCoy, a.k.a. the Beast, asking to see Doctor Strange. Wong informs him that the Doctor is not in, and Beast says he can wait. Cut to Christiansboro. The defenders appear in the town to find it completely deserted. Not sure what happened, they decide to split up into groups and try to find out what's you know where the townspeople has gone. Walking around solo, Hellcat comes across a young man who refers to himself as Simple Joe. Simple Joe tells her that following the gargoyle's departure from Christiansboro, the town was attacked by strange ghosts that forced pretty much everyone in town but him to flee. Suddenly, Hellcat and Simple Joe are surrounded by a swirling fog, and then they are swallowed up in darkness. Meanwhile, the gargoyle travels to his old family home, where he is shocked to see the spirit of his dead brother, Jeremiah, who passed as a young boy. Jeremiah had fallen off the roof while they were playing and died as a child, and Isaac was blamed for lack of supervision to that tragic accident. The ghost of Jeremiah jumps off the roof again and disappears into the mist. Elsewhere in town, Clea and Valkyrie walk the streets and they come across a stray cat. The cat's friendly at first, but then attacks Valkyrie, so like a cat, scratching her face. And then suddenly they're swarmed by the hands of spirits that come crashing out of storefront windows. And then they too are swallowed up in darkness. While this is happening, Gargoyle enters his, his family home where he's visited by his dead mother. His mother comforts him and recounts how after World War I, Isaac had traveled the world learning about the occult. Devil Slayer, meanwhile, has wandered into the Christiansboro Cemetery, where he comes across a little girl. He picks her up to comfort her, but then she turns out to be a trap of the angry force that resides in the area, and like his comrades before him, Devil Slayer is also swallowed up in darkness. The defenders all awaken shortly after and find themselves in front of the forest behind the haunting in Christiansboro, a creature called Null, the Living Darkness. Null explains to them that he was part of the race of aliens called Seraph. They were angel-like creatures that ruled over the earth centuries before humanity first walked it. They were an enlightened race and they soon took to the stars to seek the ultimate truth. However, eventually they were cast from the heavens and died, and their essences would form Null the Living Darkness. Now that he's free once more, the creature attempts to destroy the defenders. While back at his family home, the gargoyle in utter despair actually attempts to commit suicide by hanging himself. It's pretty dark. But finds that his new gargoyle form makes it impossible for him to do so. Then the spirits of his parents and brother appear to him and chastise him for being a failure before forcing him to flee from the home. Eventually, Gargoyle comes across Null the Living Darkness and his zombie hordes fighting the defenders. 
using his powers, Gargoyle managed to incapacitate the reanimated corpses before attacking Null itself. Finding his first attack ineffective, the Gargoyle flies into the creature and unleashes the full extent of his powers, seemingly destroying it. Unfortunately, the victory comes at a price as the Gargoyle is mortally wounded. However, before he dies, the spirits of his family, now free from Null's control, appear before him and tell him that he will live on to defend the world. Their spirits enter his body, reviving him. When Clea approaches him and asks how he feels, he tells her that he has never felt so great in all of his years. So that's it for The Defenders, number 103, and for this episode of Daily Spinner Rack. And this episode also marks the end of the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge. Per the challenge, I recorded and posted a new podcast every day for 30 days. Um, It wasn't always easy, but I love comics, and I love podcasting, so I still had a lot of fun doing it. When I started this show back on November 1st, I wasn't sure if I'd keep it going after the first 30 days or not. It really all depended on how a daily podcast fit in with the rest of my schedule. What I decided is that I'm going to take the month of December off, but I'm probably going to bring Daily Spinner Rack back in 2021. I just have to, you know, again, see how I can fit it into my schedule. So stay tuned for new episodes. So I want to thank you all for listening. Thanks for all the positive feedback. I hope you all have a great holiday season, and we'll see you next year.